The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We have a lot of news to talk about as pitchers and catchers ramp up. We're also talking best pitcher values and underdog best ball drafts here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports and underdog fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contest in the industry. Todd, it seems like the news was, as you'd expect, with pitchers and catchers reporting, uh, coming in hot. So we got quite a bit to touch on. Uh, as I mentioned, too, our underdog segment, best pitching values on the board. So we'll, uh, you know, I had to pick and choose which ones I really liked, but I got five good ones. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking for about an hour or so with you. How are you today, Todd, on this Friday afternoon? Doing well, my friend. Uh, yeah, we uh, we had an entire underdog podcast yesterday. I filled in for Jeff, who was in Vegas, representing us at the FSGA. Had Chris from at Baseball with a three instead of E. So uh, we, we, you know, we'll we'll do we'll do our 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 podcast. But I I learned some things from Chris yesterday. So anyway, if you play underdog, go back and listen to that. Yeah, we'll have our usual underdog segment, but you guys yeah. did pretty much a whole show on kind of the, uh, was it more so strategy? and It was strategy. Some names came up, but oh. it, it was, it was strategy. Chris has been doing this for years yeah, and has developed a spreadsheet and we, uh, yeah, no, it, it was fun, fun banter. I learned, I learned some things, had some other things, other strategy approaches kind of, I don't know, justified is, you know, when it confirmed, you know, yes, you're doing the right thing. No, you should do this. So it was fun. Awesome. Well, looking forward to talking a little more best ball with you uh, a little later in the show. And we have, as I mentioned, a lot of news. I know, you know, everybody's got spring fever, although here in Wisconsin, it, uh, there was another blizzard yesterday. So yeah. Yeah. Still not really spring here in Wisconsin. We got, we got, Low high fifties in rain, so that's baseball weather in New England. Absolutely, that's opening. If we if we have high fifties in in rain on opening day, it's considered a beautiful. Well, I'll tell you another Wisconsinite who's not too thrilled right now is Corbin Burns. Yeah, I don't think he's actually born and raised in Wisconsin. Neither am I. I'm an Ohio guy, but 
Um, he was vocal after losing that arbitration case, really a worst case scenario for the Brewers and their fans to have this business relationship seemingly, you know, irreparably damaged. It's uh, tough to see if you're a Brewers fan. And I don't really think this has a ton of impact on fantasy, but uh, next year, I think we can assume Burns is pitching for a new team. If you, you say irreparable damage, if nothing like a, hey, we'll extend you for this amount of money to repair said damage. But I think the, the takeaway is that Milwaukee doesn't want to go down that road. So they don't mind so much that this is what occurred. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I, I tend not to get caught up in these sort of things. Like, I think you're right. Nothing's going to change this year. The narrative that he, that he pitches with anger. I don't know. Could he pitch any better? I, I don't, I don't think so. So we'll just have to see what happens. I suppose if you're in an NL only league, you'd be a little bit concerned about a trade, but other than that, I don't think it matters much. It's just amazing to me to hear them apparently putting the blame on missing the playoffs on Corbin Burns. It's just insane. They wouldn't have even been in the mix without him. So yeah, they, I get that you're trying to win a case and you put an argument against a player on there, but it's uh yeah, it just seems a little short-sighted. I saw the same with Ryan Helsley of the Cardinals. And, yeah, just that process probably needs to change because it just feels like there's nothing good coming out of arbitration for the player or the team, really. I guess the, the team saves, you know, a couple, couple thousand dollars. The mere fact that we knew what happened in the arbitration hearing, I don't, th- I don't think that's good. No. You know, but, of course, you know, that could have been leaked from Burnside. Who knows? But – you know, to me, it's none of our business what went on during the meetings, but I don't know. Well, Burns publicly disclosed uh, some of the happenings. And right, 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 right. Not too thrilled about it. Some news this morning. We'll get to some news like from throughout the week, but the news that caught my eye this very morning was uh, Lance McCullers dealing with soreness after Tuesday's bullpen session and manager Dusty Baker said, quote, it's the same thing. So I assume that's the same forearm he's referencing. And so uh, this, you know, this always comes with Lance McCullers, but I think, you know, anybody who's hurt right now, and, you know, I don't want to draft somebody who's hurt already. So I lowered McCullers, and uh, I think he's just barely hanging on inside my top 300. For like underdog basketball, I think you just cross him off your list. Too scary to have this lingering still. Yeah, I've got it for 23 starts, right? I mean, you know, 20, not 22, not 24, 23. You know, you got to put some number down, right? I got it for 23 starts. I don't know if I changed it. Does that have enough baked in? I think I need to hear a little more. Is it just, you know, is he is he fine for the next bullpen session, et cetera? Does he, does he start McCullers pitching in the spring games? So in early drafts, I do think you need to temper – Temper one's uh, enthusiasm from coming back. You're right. I'm not touching him in. I'm not touching him in best ball. I'm probably not touching him in draft and hold either. Yeah, that's one where I just can't see taking that chance in a in a draft like that. This may actually though put Hunter Brown more so into the mix to be a kind of traditional mixed league. Uh, yeah, end sure. game end game pickup. Absolutely. I mean, Hunter Brown, they just signed him to extension too, didn't they? Yeah. 
That's pretty, yeah, pretty impressive arm there. And if McCullers has to sit, he could very well join the rotation right from the jump. Uh, over in Queens, I guess they're not in Queens. They're in what, Stillwater or something? Uh, Jacob DeGrom delayed a little due to left side tightness. Now they're saying he could throw Sunday or Monday. And the implication was that, well, you know, it was just the cold weather and yada, yada. You putting any stock into this? Does this kind of raise an eyebrow for you with the ground? I I'm, I was already low as far as starts. I mean, if this guy were to were to cough, it would make Twitter. I mean, that's <laughs> you know. So whether this is an exaggeration or not, I don't know. But I you know, I, I was only, I only have him for 120 innings anyway. I'm not budging him off of that at least not yet. So we'll see. I mean. Uh, it's it's he if he's he's being he's being FOMO'd, you know. There are he's being pushed up just because he's Jacob deGrom, but I I think I can win without Jacob deGrom. Well put. I have him 29th right now, but I think I need to bump him outside the top two rounds in uh 15 teamers just a little bit, but I'm with you. Like, there's so much name value, we see him when he's on the mound, he's incredible. But to take a pick like that, and we've talked, you know, there's been discussion of, oh, we'll come main events, he'll be a first rounder easily. I don't think that's how you go about trying to win. I think that's no, just swinging for, the, swinging for the fences when you, you don't have to with your first pick. And it's been proven that winning an overall competition of that nature is not done by the first round home runs, it's done by the first five round safety. And then having solid players outperform their expectations <laughs> later on. So I don't know. I mean, when I see DeGrom being drafted, I smile because that pushes Zach Wheeler, that pushes, you know, Aaron Nola down to me. Yep. And I get it when you're playing for an overall contest, you kind of have that urge deep down to swing for the fences. But yeah, it's just first five rounds, I'm looking to hit doubles and get on base. Yep. Uh, as a metaphor that's old and kind of exhausted <laughs> at this point. But still, I'm just – inevitably, I think we'll see DeGrom go in the first in some of those leagues, and it's just, it just leaves me scratching my head because, yeah, he's got that league-winning upside, but we haven't seen it over a full season in uh, quite a while. Jake uh, Jacob DeGrom, we talked about. Frankie Montas, slated for shoulder surgery February 21st, likely to miss most of the season. Tough blow for the Yanks, and uh, I saw some people on you know Yankees Twitter irked that uh, irked at the Oakland A's for sending them damaged goods, I guess. Um, but yeah, the Yankees will have to figure this out, and I, I think you mentioned on Twitter that you know you're going to have to basically just have a dead spot on some of those best ball rosters because you didn't you take the chance on Montas I, I, at least one, I, maybe twice. Um, so what it is, what it is. Um, it got to the point where, I mean, I want to differentiate. Hey, who knows? But it's it's one roster. I, from a personal standpoint, uh, I, I, I'm an anti-narrative guy, and the narrative about can't pitching in New York, you know what? Maybe it's true, but I don't believe it. I need to see it. So I was hoping that he crushed. I was hoping that because he, he's a good pitcher. So I was hoping that he pitched really well. I, I pitched – where did I pick him up? I may have picked him up in our in our Arizona Fall League draft, draft and hold. I don't recall. I, I do have 
I don't have as many teams as I normally do. It may have been in a mock. I don't remember. But I did pick up Montas just for that very reason that the market is so sour, and I just can't believe he's that bad. So to me, that you know, a Red Sox fan, I don't want him to do well. But, you know, that's not my job to be a Red Sox fan. It's to be a fantasy analyst. And if they could pay me to be a Red Sox fan, that would be cool. But anyway, they're not. Uh, as a fantasy analyst, I wanted to see him bounce back because I don't I don't believe in that Ed Whitson type of narrative just because of half of a year. You know, you make good points, but we knew that the shoulder was a problem before right. the latest news that he needed surgery. So it just right. kind of ties back into McCullers and DeGrom and that right. I don't want to draft a guy who's already got some health issues at this point. I'm going to run into yeah. a ton of injuries throughout the year anyway. Especially a pitcher, and especially if you can't put him on a DL or replace him in a in a fab or waiver pickup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I see a lot of people, and you know, I'm not like subtweeting Justin Mason here or anything, but uh, people who you know, take that quote unquote value on injured arms, and then they just, you know, injury optimism is not your friend type of thing, and. Uh, yeah, people just end up, you know, cutting bait with a with a high pick, or maybe even worse, just keeping them stashed and then cutting bait. So I just in league, well in a league where you can cut bait. All right, I'll take you know TGFBI is coming up. I don't I don't think that's a bad idea. Well, Montas is out for so long, but to me, it's it's is there is there another guy that's that that's sort of supposed to come back? I don't know if, if Liam Hendricks is the guy, but I think it's okay if you have reserves to take a chance of that nature because you can cut bait, but when it's draft and hold and when it's best ball, you can't. And that's just a hole. I mean, we'll talk underdog. There's only 20 roster spots. So you're, you're down 5% of your roster. If, 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 if you lose a player and when you're going to lose players, why go into it knowing you're, you're, you're 95%. Yeah. I just general rule. I will not take a pitcher who's already hurt because I just don't assume that things are going to go smoothly from there necessarily. You just mentioned underdog and a real quick note, the fantasy baseball season is underway and there's no better place to play than underdog fantasy. The easiest place to play fantasy baseball right now. Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes in best ball. All you do is join a draft, uh, join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex. Each week of the regular season, getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your 100,000 Dinger team today. Todd, back to some news. I was surprised to see that Reds manager David Bell essentially confirmed that Alexis Diaz, little brother of Edwin Diaz, will be the closer. Uh, From C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic, the quote was from David Bell, quote, I guess the only reason I'm hesitant to say that and I'm not. He's going to be. He's going into the season as our closer. There are times where it's an important game, and he's fully available. We might use him earlier than that. 
Uh, so he's basically alluding to his past late inning usage where, yeah, he may need to put out a fire at some point. But this is really the first time I can remember in David Bell's tenure with the Reds that he's really put his stamp, especially this early, on a, on a guy as his closer. I think there's a good reason for that. Who's his competition? Who's his competition? Yeah. It's, it's, it's usually been a competition. So if there was somebody who was close Lucas enough. Sims, but... Again, you know, okay, thanks for making my point. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's who's his competition. Yeah. Uh, no one's close. Now, when you're saying he may come in earlier, I'm reading that as not like seventh and eighth. I'm reading that as a four or five or six out save. That, that it, could be. That could be. That, that's how I'm reading it. So if I'm, you know, not if I, I am, you know, if I have to, again, it's not 29, it's not 31, it's 30 saves for Alexis Diaz, saying completely tongue implanted in cheek. But that's kind of where I'm at in that if your top closes, you're expecting 35 to 40, I'm kind of in the 25 to 30 range with Diaz with a comfort level. A pretty a pretty high comfort level. If I'm not, and I'm not investing in the top tier closers, I'm kind of hoping to get Diaz in the you know I don't know what round it, I have to take a look at ADPs, but with this news, he could pop up a bit. You know he could be that guy. Last year was Scott Bar- Scott Barlow that you could get him in the thirteenth and fourteenth early, and it may, you may need to get him in the ninth or tenth. He may be that guy. That's the bridge between the really good guys and then the hold your nose guys. He could be in that middle. Yeah, I could see him getting even pricier than that in uh, late drafts, especially yeah. if he's you know makes it through spring training unscathed and is pitching well. I could see that price getting up there. Let me just throw one by. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but you rather have Alexis Diaz behind that kind of top group, top like ten or eleven closers, or would you rather have? Guy like Andres Munoz. Oh man, I knew you were going to go there because that's the that's that in my head. That's what I was yeah. thinking. It's kind of the line, isn't it? The 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 idea strategically is if you could get Munoz and Seawald, I think that's better than Diaz by himself. So if I'm near a wheel and I think I can double tap Munoz and Diaz, I think I would probably uh, Munoz and Seawald, Paul Seawald. I think I would probably do it. Um, if I'm in an auction draft and I will be, you know, for tout wars and I just want to pay for a guy that's going to get me, if, if you see, he could be a guy I target in tout wars and I'll tout wars in a few weeks. So, um, I'm trying to, you know, Munoz is a good example. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of another, another pitcher that could be in that, in that, Duran, in that same range. Who's that? Yoan Duran. Do Duran, Ron, 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 Duran, Ron, Ron. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, Sean Cassidy. Anyway, yeah, I'm dating myself just a little bit. Don't make me sing it. Um, but yeah, 70s, 70s pop. Uh, Keith, not Keith Cassidy's, uh, David Cassidy's brother, I believe. Anyway, mm. a hardy boy, if I'm not mistaken. All right, well, it is cool. To I'm, see old. That I'm old. Alexis get it out of the way. Stamp. I'm getting there. Yeah, but it's cool to see Alexis get the stamp. I do expect that. That cost to rise. And you're right, there's not a lot behind him, but I know Lucas Sims seems to be healthy in camp, so that's good. And uh, we will not be seeing TJ Antone. No, which no, is probably saving you from yourself a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was a big Antone guy. And the, when he first came on the scene. I mean, the Reds, I don't want to, you know, 
overstate matters, but they've got a couple good pitchers and they have professional, they've got major league batters and all, you know, and, and all, you know, they're going to sneak out some wins. So Diaz is going to get some chances to get some saves. They're not, I mean, maybe you wish they did more, but they do have, you know, players that you've heard of batting in their batting order. A few of them. <laughs> but yeah, I I, that, uh, isn't that backhanded compliment? You, yeah. You've heard of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I, there I, are some teams where you haven't even, like the A's. I'm sure yeah, watching I mean, some A's Myers, games. And... Will Myers, Jake Fraley. Uh, you know, sure wish they had a better shortstop. You never know how it's going to work out. But, you know, they've, they, they, they have some guys that have produced before. And in that division, you know, the, the Reds will get 70 wins. And that usually means 35 are saved or get saves. So does Diaz get 30 of those 35? That seems reasonable. Yeah, even the worst teams out there provide some safe chances. And, uh, yeah, David Bell making clear that Diaz will be the guy to start the season. So at least we have that little bit of clarity and definitely expect that to affect his acquisition cost. Uh, Masataka Yoshida we talked a little bit about the past couple of weeks. He's expected to bat leadoff for the Red Sox. Just wanted to throw that out there. And then Alex Kirilov. For the Minnesota Twins, uh, no setbacks, no concern, according to President of Baseball Operations Derek Falvey. Uh, Falvey added that our strength guys said the wrist is probably in as good a spot as they've seen coming into camp. Maybe a little coach speak there, but it is good to hear that after all these wrist problems Alex Kirloff has had, that maybe he's close to full strength finally. Is he somebody you're interested in in drafting, perhaps? A little bit. Now, there's, I don't know what call it, a log jam. Actually, there's a bit of a log jam in the Minnesota corners situation there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the expectation at one point was Max Kepler would be traded. That has not happened. But I still think Karoloff can, can carve out some playing time, especially if Jose Miranda can show he can handle the hot corner defensively and not have to play first base. Kirilov could play some, uh, can play, can get back to first base. And it's just, does, does the team want Michael Taylor to be a starter or are they happy to have him as a backup, you know, assuming Buxton doesn't get hurt. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that's, the, that's why Kepler could have been traded was they do have a, a Michael Taylor to step in and play some defense. So, and, and designated hitters there, Trevor Lenark, Lenark, who's to say how he performs? Because he's kind of in the same boat as Kirilov, similar prospects coming up at the same time. and yeah, Total unknown. Yeah, not quite like producing. Yeah. So if Kirilov hits, they will find a spot for him. Now, am I chasing him? Again, I want to uh, – I say again, I haven't said it today. We said it every week. When I answer a question of this nature, I want to pretend it's the only team I'm drafting. And I do not think I would take a chance. If I'm doing multiple teams, which we do, would I want him somewhere, Kirilov? Yeah, I would. I would. I've noticed the corner gets a little hairy later in the draft and could maybe consider plugging Kirilov in there. But I'd rather have like an Eduardo Escobar Somebody's a little bit more proven, even if we've seen a little downside. Yeah, well, yeah I'd like Kirloff as a prospect. 
He's only eligible to start the year in outfield. Oh, now he's eight, it's 18 games. Some leagues are changing. Oh, tout yeah. Wars, it's 15. So in Tout Wars, he's eligible at the corner. Yeah. So, you know, you learn. You called that you won't be able to put him there. I didn't learn know. my rules. So, yeah. so right. So you, you have to, but, you know, if you get another first base outfield type, you, you know, you can, you can maneuver players around, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't take long, five or 10 games to get first base eligibility. But I think there is enough prospect pedigree and, you know, he's still young enough that I think it's, I, I would, I would like part of a Kirilov breakthrough season. Yeah. Especially well, the outfield eligibility, now that I think about it, actually doesn't hurt. You know, doesn't hurt because putting him as the fifth outfielder for the time being, mixing and matching guys, yeah, kind of you know playing the matchups, you, know, you could extract some value there. And yeah, they brought in Kyle Farmer, so and I kind of expect him to play a lot. So maybe that pushes Miranda over to first. Yeah, that's the on thing. occasion, and uh, yeah, so definitely not assured of anything, even though the reports on the wrist are encouraging for. Uh, Alex Kirilov. Randall Gritchick, not so encouraging. Hernia surgery, he's likely out for opening day. Uh, this is one where you know, maybe you don't cross him off entirely, but he's barely hanging on in the top 300. And uh, he was kind of fringe for mixed drafts to begin with. And now, with him likely to miss the start of the season, maybe Jonathan Daza gets in there in center field. But uh, now that he's hurt, you know, it doesn't affect position players as much like the early early camp injuries, but I, I will probably just pass and take a healthy option instead of Gritchick. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little best ball, but Gritchick is a guy I like in the underdog format because he's going to have some games at Colorado. You're not, you, he's not one of your top three outfielders, but those weeks at Colorado, he could spike and jump in. Well, He's now off the list, like you said. Even even though he's a position, well, you know what? Is he off the list because it's an appendectomy, right? You just or sports earning. I'm sorry, so he should be okay. But um, yeah, you're right. And is it does it does this open up some? You know, does this give you more of a chance to take a shot on Nolan Jones? Maybe in an NL only. Maybe maybe that's maybe he picks up more playing time. But uh, Jones won't play center. But by playing by moving Daza to center it could open up some spots for Nolan Jones. Yeah. And I don't know if Zach Veen's particularly close. I guess he was at double a last year. You could maybe see him late in the year, but uh, it's the Rockies. Not, yeah. That's a good point. Never trust the Rockies to do the right thing by their prospects. Um, Nestor Cortez Todd pulled out of the WBC due to a hamstring issue, but he is expected to be ready for opening day. You know, I was looking at a Nestor and everything went so right last year. But I almost thought that he'd be going a little bit higher. Now this hamstring issue may kind of – maybe he's going about where he belongs. I just said that I don't want to draft a injured pitcher, but this is a hamstring. And, again, he's expected to be ready for opening day. So this is the one where I'm going to maybe buck that rule and say, it's not an arm injury, it's not an oblique. He's out of the World Baseball Classic, but maybe this is a little overblown. Maybe I'll take this little discount on Cortez now that it's uh, what I expect to be a little bit of discount in drafts to come. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, you know, our drafts, Labor and Tell Wars, we have a little time. I know we're doing other drafts in between. I actually, I think I got Cortez for the first time 
in a in a um, uh, underdog draft last night just because they hadn't had him yet. And let's get a little diversity. I didn't know about this injury. I don't know that it would have mattered. I'm not sure if the news was out there, and that's why he he fell to me. I don't know. I'm with you as far as the you know he was a bit lucky last year, but he throws innings, and to me, in in a lot of formats, the innings are as important as as the results. Mm-hmm. And when he's pitching well, he, he you know I'm looking at the, the the numbers now. He had some five inning stints, some four inning stints, but he had some six and seven as well. You know, so I I, th- I think that 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 does matter. Recently, we were talking about how to find your kind of David Peralta for this year, and who would be that kind of late outfielder, kind of like the Cole Calhouns. You were synonymous with Cole Calhoun for a while. But actually, the David Peralta found a landing spot, and I th- think this is kind of a sneaky move by the Dodgers, grabbing David Peralta. We had you know Trace Thompson in the in center for a while. James Altman was talked about, but I think adding a guy like Peralta should help big time against righties. And is he back on the the draft radar now, David? Uh, David, Peralta? I didn't give him the full you know seventy five percent playing time that he would he'd actually get 85% because he had to get some right hand uh, some left-handers back in his I don't want to call him salad days but when he was when he was produ- more productive you know but I, I do think he is now in the draft championship draft and hold I don't know late 20s early 30s range mm-hmm. I think he's, he he is in that point because you you did mention you know some of the other names and I don't know. I mean, Jason Hayward, Bradley Zimmer. There are some other options. And you mentioned Outman, who a lot of people are very high on. Miguel Rojas can play some outfield as well. He's going to be like a, a super utility. But uh, so I, I'm not – Peralta has not become the my go-to safe outfielder when I'm taking a chance on a, on a more risky guy. I'm not even sure who that is right now. But – I, you know, he's definitely, you gotta, you gotta remember the name. I think he's in, he's in play in a, as a reserve. I would love to have him in like a labor NL. Yep. Of course. Yep. You know, he's definitely yeah. back in that mix. And speaking of Dodgers outfielders, do you see Moogie Betts put on like eight pounds? Five to he's, eight pounds of, of muscle. Of muscle. They, the Dodgers yeah. set him to drive lines. So right. Oh, uh, yep. Yep. No days off for, for Mr. Moogie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's hurt his bowling game at all, though. <laughs> Maybe helped. He's got some additional <laughs> power in those shoulders at this point. They also, by the way, the Dodgers did pick up uh, Alex Reyes, too. I thought that was kind of interesting, though he won't be available for, for quite some time uh, yeah. coming off shoulder surgery. If you had to bet, and I know you're not a betting man, Todd. No, no, not at all. But if you had to bet on who leads the Dodgers in oh. staves right now, who would you pick? I'm not going to hold you to it. And no, I, I just readjusted my numbers because I they looked ugly and it, it's, it's to the sometimes. Well, I'm not. I'm leaving this here until I'm sure they're not going to acquire anybody. And there's no one out there left to acquire. Not sure you they still make a trade of Dodgers. I got Daniel Hudson a little bit ahead of Evan Phillips, and I I don't I, I just it's hard for me to believe that either one of these guys are going to be the Dodgers closer. I just uh, it's the Dodgers. They're going to get somebody better, whether they make a trade for someone. I don't know Bednar, David Bednar. Who knows? 
remains to be seen. Um, but I just can't imagine that that's who, I mean, they, they didn't trust Kenley Jansen to close for them when they were, you know, competing for the world series, when Jansen was leading the league in saves. I, I, I just, I, I, I see somebody coming in. I drafted Bruce Star Gratterall in that first pitch Arizona speakers league, but I'm going to pivot now to Daniel Hudson. Some encouraging news on his knee and ankle. He's throwing bullpen sessions, or at least scheduled to today. Yeah. Uh, he was pitching really well before that ACL tear last year and yep. gra- grabbed five saves and 25 appearances, 2-2, two, two, yep. uh, two ERA, 0-9-0 whip. So, yeah, I think as good as Evan Phillips is, I think Daniel Hudson is now very much on my you know late flyer dart range and a yep. dart I would like to throw, frankly. Uh, real quick, also in L.A., but in Anaheim, they mentioned that their six starter is going to be a swing man now. So no more six man rotation. When the schedule's heavy, they'll may slide in there, the swing men here, there. But uh, does this news that they're kind of going back to the five man rotation, does that boost Angels starters for you? Um. So I, for years, well, for years, I mean, a couple of years, I would just pencil in 26 for Otani for starts. I got 28 this year. Hmm. Uh, you know, so. Does it matter? I think, I think it matters a little bit, but there's still some injuries, there's still some health risks in that rotation. So I, it, I don't know. I don't. So you know don't really bump up the starts. Yeah, and I mean, I actually am projected for way too many starts right now. I gotta try to pare that down. Um, whether I take some stuff away from Tucker Davidson and Tommy Berea, yeah, I got some. I got plenty of wiggle room to to, to kind of make it more realistic, but. Yeah, I mean Tyler Anderson and, and Sandoval, Reed Detmers. I don't none of these are 32 start guys for me, but you know, they're 26, 27, 28. And um it's only Otani that matters, I I think. But I'm not as far as where I would draft him, I'm not drafting him as a pitcher really anyway. So even that's not gonna matter. I hear you, yeah. I I maybe give a little bit more consideration now to like the Tyler Andersons, uh, Sandoval, but yeah, I think with the injury risk that you mentioned, I think you just kind of leave that in missed time baked in for these guys. I mean, I'll be honest. And I wrote a little about this week. These are the guys that are streamers and conventional valuation. You mentioned Anderson and uh, Sandoval. I think you could put Reed Detmers there. Conventional valuation isn't really proper for guys that you consider to be streaming. Because conventional valuation includes the starts that you're going to have on your bench, so if you're going to cut, if you're if you're giving them two extra starts, but only one of them is going to matter, then you know does it does I, don't, I I'm kind of uh, it's more of a finesse drafting for these guys already. I'm not following my my numerical rankings based on projected earnings because I'm not starting Tyler Anderson every week. So, you know, I actually wrote about how you can make your arithmetic uh, adjustment in the, in the latest Z files. If you, if you want to get that, that down in the weeds, how you can actually figure out where you can read rank them according to the replacement players that are going to be in their lineup spot when they're not healthy or not so much healthy, but when they're not active. Um, so to me, it's more of a touch and feel Sandoval, maybe not. Cause I think he's, He's as close to who they have other than Otani as someone who is going to be in your lineup most of the time. 
Yeah, I, I hear that. Um, just wanted to pass along another bit of news from this morning. Clayton Kershaw announced that he will not participate in the World Baseball Classic. So we were kind of uh, waiting to hear that you had mentioned that there were challenges getting cleared to play in the WBC, although you said there were no health concerns. So whatever those challenges were, they have gotten in the way of Kershaw pitching in the WBC, but uh, according to him, he's he's all good. So he should be fine to keep ramping up. And then elsewhere this week, I saw that Aaron Judge's first workout of the spring was at first base. Uh, you know, kind of notable. I don't know how much he's going to play there exactly, but uh, with them starting that work there so soon in the spring camp, I kind of think they're we may see it. Do you expect to see Aaron Judge at first base at all? Or is that just you know him getting some work in? I did not see that. I can't. I mean, he's a he's too good of an of an outfielder, and B, what's what's Anthony Rizzo going to do? Is he going to you know? Move, you know, he played like a game at second. Well, he played a an at bat at second base to prevent a bunt with his glove on backwards. But uh, other than that, remember that when he yeah, in some right. one game league in some leagues he, he gained second base eligibility because one at bat he played second base and had to wear his glove backwards in order. It, it was mm-hmm. kind of silly. But anyway, or he you know, had it. You know, had to wear somebody else's fielder's glove backwards uh, because you couldn't use your first baseman's mitt at second base, and that's why he was a second baseman because he wasn't allowed to wear the first baseman's mitt. Anyway, people don't care about that unless you're in a retro league. But um, no, I, I don't know. I, I I haven't read that story, but I don't. I, I I'm not going to read anything into that. Yeah, I know. The one thing that did cross my mind, like we have certain Carlos Stanton as the DH on our depth chart, as you would expect. I think Stanton has made the point that he wants to play more outfield in 2023 in spurts is what he said. So maybe, you know, that pushes uh, Rizzo to first and judge or Rizzo to DH and judge to first, but they also have LeMahieu and Oswaldo Cabrera. All right. LeMahieu's going to have to get in and Donaldson too. So I don't know if Donaldson's really going to play a ton, but um, yeah, I think mostly, I would not expect Aaron Judge to get first base eligibility uh, early on. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget Willie Calhoun in a, on an NRI. Ooh, they got Willie Calhoun. Huh? <laughs> At least I have him on my on my grid. I think that probably means he had a non roster invitee. Yeah, he was probably still drafted him like what five years ago, but <laughs> uh, not anymore. Do wish the best for Willie Calhoun. Hated that. Uh, Remember when he got blasted in the face in spring training? Right. He he was one of those guys that looked really good. Mm-hmm. At the AFL. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Right. So, was that several years ago? You mean, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, sure. not. He wasn't yeah. getting in work this past year. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we got a few other things to touch on, and our underdog segment coming up. But first, we'll pause briefly for a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Always great to be on with a, a legend like yourself, Todd. Before we started the show today, you mentioned uh, Fran Mill Reyes to Kansas City on an NRI deal. I was kind of wondering if, man, he might be able to make more money playing overseas at this point. Maybe uh, he goes over there, but he decided to stay stateside and uh, take the minor league deal with the non-roster invite from Kansas City. Did you put in a projection for him, or are you just kind of in wait-and-see mode on Franimal? Well, I want to get him in there. I, I didn't give him a full-time projection. Um I did give him 40% of the playing time a designated hitter. Um, that's tough there because we've got MJ Melendez is going to float through some DH. Salvador Perez is going to float through some DH. And you'd like to think that finally Kyle Isbell and Edward Alavarez get some playing time for the Royals. And they've already come out and said that Hunter Dozier is their third baseman. So they feel most comfortable at third base. So, if Ray, if Reyes, you know, tears the cover off the ball in spring training, will they find a spot for him? Yeah, sure. I'm not taking him anywhere. I mean, a 42nd round of a draft championship, sure, throw him in there. But uh, I, I have, I've seen, I've seen enough to know that, you know, it's a lot of wishful thinking with with Reyes. Yeah, and I was there last year. Even I have to admit, and uh, was his ADP last year like one twenty or something? Was it that high? I Feels mean, like he was going way higher. 
Like, I mean, he was going inside the top 200 last year. I'm pretty sure. And now he's just completely out of the, out of the mix. Goes to show how, you know, players can fall pretty quickly in this game. Especially when you when you don't hit the ball very much. Yeah. So we saw flashes and easy to fall in love with the power. I hope Oscar Gonzalez of Cleveland doesn't go that route this year. A lot of swing and miss for him, but uh hoping he pans out a little better than Fran Mill. Well, now we will transition into our underdog best ball segments of the week. I've been having a ton of fun playing with underdog best ball definitely be sure to use the promo code rwmlb and underdog will not only double your initial deposit but you also get six free months of rotowire for free again rwmlb today's topic for our underdog best ball segment is best pitcher values todd i know you kind of hate the term values just generally but uh, guys we're ending up with guys that we find as really nice values in the drafts on underdog that we're doing. Who do you got at, at your number one spot here? Uh, I, we can go throughout the course of the, of the draft. So I'm actually going to start a little bit high in that. If I, if I end up with Kevin Gausman as one of my first couple of pitchers, I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with my just general thinking about Gausman in general you, you talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, there was a note that he's adjusting his uh, delivery to get rid of a toe tap. That tweaking his mechanics just a little bit. Yeah, because because and he was actually his delivery was actually sent around in video as we're going to call this a balk this year because he doesn't come to a complete stop. Uh, now it's got nothing to do with his three sixty one or whatever it was Babbitt, but just it's an interesting note on Gosman. Watch him in the spring to see, make sure he's not, you know, totally thrown off by having to uh, slightly adjust his, his delivery. But the point being, I think he's being misranked just because he was just so wholly unlucky last year that he's just really good. And so, if I happen to miss out on a top starter, I'll I'll take me and Kevin Gosman is one of my top two pitchers. Clay Link and Todd Zola talking the best pitcher values on the board in underdog best ball. Todd's first choice was Kevin Gaussman, and my first choice was Kevin Gaussman. But since <laughs> you said that, I changed it to a guy who's going pretty close to him, a little bit ahead of Gaussman in the underdog drafts I've done, but Luis Castillo. So I've changed my number one to Luis Castillo. He was in that mix for me too, but uh, I still think people you know, weigh the, the Cincinnati years a little bit too heavily. I, he had so much working against him. He was fighting uphill throughout that time. Didn't have a real shortstop ability at any point in Cincinnati. And I feel like people are still dinging him a little bit too much. We saw after he got out of Great American Small Park and went to, what is it, T-Mobile Park? Yep. What it is in Seattle? Yep, yep. I mean, he was a full-blown ace. So I, I think people are still kind of valuing him as if he's the Cincinnati Luis Castillo. And he's in such a better spot now with the team context. No, I agree. Um, I don't happen to be getting him, which is why you, I mean, I, I agree with the pick just because thinking through the drafts, but a guy in that, the second guy, I mean, we're going to give you folks, we're going to give you some lower level guys. Don't worry. But uh, because pitching is so important to underdog, I think we do need to hit a couple of these top guys. Uh, Zach Wheeler, Zach Wheeler to me is uh, a little bit underdrafted. 
he he innings innings and the ability to get a quality start are huge in, in underdog, and he has those. So I don't he's I, I mean I understand why a couple of these other guys are a little lower. I don't actually understand why Wheeler is as low as he is. So he's another guy that I'm you know if I get Gosman Wheeler, I mean I want I, I don't know if you have you done a draft from the twelve hole yet. I did, yeah. I took Trey Turner and uh, Corbin Burns, maybe. See, what, yeah, I actually took Colin Bieber. I'm sorry, Colin Burns. Double tap oh, the nice. pitching, and I thought if the public knew, I would be canceled. <laughs> it turns out that that's kind of a popular strategy. We, you know, we maybe can talk about that some other time. And I talked about it with Chris on the RotoWire podcast yesterday. But anyway, the point you know, you want pitching, so uh, we'll, I'm, I'm gonna, at least I'm going to get you some lower level names for the next three. But I'm going to use Zach Wheeler as my second. I like that, and I didn't put him on my list. But uh, Aaron Nola, his teammate, I think is a good yeah, value yeah, because yeah. man, he hasn't had a winning record since like 2019. But we're all looking at those same underlying stats, oh, but yet somehow Aaron Nola is still undervalued. He's fine. It's kind of amazing. Uh, my number two is Zach Gallon. Okay. Kind of blows my mind that he's not going higher, just given how he finished. I think it is important to look at. You know, the season-long numbers, of course, but the way he finished was so impressive. I know the team's not very good, but well, uh, maybe improving. Yeah, teams are bad for two reasons. Well, whatever. Um, you know, the hitting is bad or the pitching's bad. They've got some decent hitting hmm. or fledgling hitting, I will call yeah. it. Potentially good hitting. So a good pitcher, I mean, their back end of the staff's terrible, so the team isn't going to be very good. But – Gallon, I think, is fine. He's going to get his wins because the offense is going to score enough for Zach Gallon to get his wins. Yeah, I like Gallon a lot this year, and but the balance schedule too, less in theory, less uh, fewer starts against the Dodgers, and maybe he can avoid Coors uh, entirely. That's yeah. possible. Who is your number three, Todd? Going to move down a bit, kind of in the middle here. Um, is maybe my third, fourth, or fifth starter. Uh, Brady Singer. Uh, nice. I'm intrigued. I should I I'm f- mental block on the new KC pitching coach, but I'm intrigued by their team in general. Singer showed a lot last year, and the quality start aspect of it I think helps out uh, a bit in the in the uh, underdog format. I like that. My number three is a guy a little lower down as well, but still a guy who's. You know, very much getting drafted in in all leagues. Freddie Peralta, I just think you got to bump him up a little bit and scoop a guy who's this talented, going where he is an underdog best ball, uh, not playing in the WBC, kind of like we've heard with a lot of guys, but uh, no injury concerns for Peralta heading into camp. So, um, at least for now, a full go, and we'll see how long that lasts. But and, and you know, I kind of get that you can't backfill if he has another serious injury, but. I think the the upside is is worth chasing here with Freddie Peralta. Excellent. Now, a little bit of context for those that don't play underdog, and these guys aren't sleepers. Um, sorry about the siren. I try to mute them when I can, but I happen to be talking. So there's 12 teams in underdog and three starting pitchers in your active lineup. That's 36. And you're drafting five, six, seven, or eight of them, so there are more. But you're st- there's still we're only talking about the top, say, 75 pitchers so that's so we're not going to get into the seventh or eighth starter in an nfpc league mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about the top five starters in an nfpc just to put it in context 
Yeah, it's so, a little bit shallower. A little bit, yeah, just so, just so people understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next guy is, is similar to Brady Singer, and I kind of already alluded to why I like him, and that's Merrill Kelly. In that, I, I'm not, he'll get the wins in Arizona. He, they leave him in there. You know, we talked about their bullpen earlier. Maybe, maybe we didn't talk Arizona's bullpen. No, we didn't. Uh, we talked Dodgers, but we could, we could have the same. Who's going to lead? Is Melanson going to lead it in, in saves or somebody else? Uh, it's a shaky bullpen there in Arizona. Merrill Kelly is like his own seventh inning bridge, and those innings and quality starts matter. So, if I'm not looking to take a shot. And I think you may be uh, – I'm going to guess one of your pitchers at the end is kind of a take-a-shot guy. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe maybe a cookie or two. Then uh, then uh, Kelly's kind of the safer guy. Well, I do like cookie. I didn't include him on this list, but yeah. Okay, we last talked about him last week. Yeah. yeah, we talked about him last week when the audio – he had some audio issues. Oh, that's right. Um, my next up is Chris Sale. I just – he's always staring at me in the face on underdog too good of a value for me to pass up. I know he's been hurt a ton, uh, but the latest issue issue was, a, I believe a wrist suffered in a bicycle accident. So he's had some time to get away from the, the arm issues. And uh, I know that sale is not prime sale anymore, but he's on track for opening day. And I just think he's going too late. So he's my number four. And the number five for me is Drew Rasmussen. Another a guy who goes, Really, I think too late in, in underdog. Maybe he's not fully the the cookie level flyer that you may have wanted, but if you can, I, I'd say grab Drew Rasmussen on every darn team you do. I get him in a who's lot number, of them. Who's number five for Utah? Um, real just to mention a, a, more of a strategic, a strategy thing on sale. Again, talking to Chris Baseball last night on on the on the RotoWire podcast, filling in for Jeff. You know, he's an injury prone guy, but when you're drafting your back end pitching you're looking for those spike weeks and you're hoping he's healthy during the playoff run of, of underdog. So you got know, about 30 seconds here though, on this segment. All right, 30 you seconds. Our last, uh, uh, last uh, Trevor Rogers, Miami. Uh, I just Ooh, don't, nice. I, I believe at the, at the end, I taking the shot that he comes back. I like that. So to recap our best pitcher values in underdog best ball drafts, mine, Luis Castillo, Zach Gallon, Freddie Peralta, Chris sale, Drew Rasmussen, Todd's five, Kevin Gaussman, Zach Wheeler, Brady Singer, Merrill Kelly, Trevor Rogers. I appreciate your deep cuts. And sorry to cut you off. They just, you know, they tell us to keep things nice and tight with the underdog uh, best ball segment. So we will uh, cap that off and transition back to our regularly scheduled programming at this time. Um, Todd, I heard Kodai Senga's first bullpen session with the Mets was brutal. Um, I forget the reporter. I wish I could give them proper credit, but they basically said it was – just a disastrous first bullpen for Kodai Senga, and that they're optimistic that he can re, you know, adjust better to the ball. I've heard that the ball's a little slick in spring training, and also the heightened uh, mound compared to what he's used to throwing. Is he somebody you're going to draft? For me, there's too much unknown here to, for me to be interested in Kodai Senga. There is a little bit of drafting on the on the come with uh, with, with Senga. I I like the. Yes, there's going to be someone in the. I, I'm I'm not down, but there's going to be someone in each room, and it doesn't have to be Tim Tim McLeod every time. Hi Tim. There's someone in each room that's going to be higher on Senga that I'm willing to go. Yeah, I just I don't know how he's going to translate. It really, yep. 
really scares me off. Uh, Noah Syndergaard showing improved velocity in camp. Maybe he's a dark horse to, to get some saves there in, in Los Angeles. Um, looks like they're probably going to need him to start, right? But, man, Syndergaard in the bullpen could give him a new lease on life. Yeah, you have to wonder, you know, it's not so, you know, sometimes the getting up and sitting down, getting hot, getting cold aspect of being a reliever is worse to the arm than every fifth day, you know, going goofy. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion. You know, I mean, John Smoltz did it. There's some some guys that, well, then Smoltz went back to starting. It has helped some, and, uh, you know, Jordan Romano looks like he could be an example. It worked for Isringhausen, but it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, Michael Waka finally found a landing spot. Kind of waiting on him. I think he was pretty much viewed as the top ranking yeah. starter on the board. I think so. I think so. Uh, got a three-year deal with San Diego. I'm sorry. It's a one-year deal, but a three-year player option. Right. Weird, kind of a weird structure, but it has a club option too. Kind of interesting. He projects to be firmly in that rotation. What do you think about Waka and his draft stock moving forward? I think he's he's in that streaming range. He kind of a bit a bit lucky under the under the hood last year. If nothing else, it really does solidify the Padres' intent to go with a six-man rotation, which is kind of a bummer if you've got a Musgrove or a Darvish or even a Blake Snell. Um, you kind of have to cap. You're probably going to do Darvish at 30 anyway, but maybe you were hoping for 32 starts out of Musgrove. I don't know, but I do think you have to back off. And is that really, you know, is that really going to matter in a dra- in a draft? Because again, you know, do you want to take a, a lesser starter than Joe Musgrove that you project for thirty two? I know we're talking about Waka. Uh, we'll get, we'll, I'll get back to Waka. But do you want to take a lesser starter than Musgrove at thirty two starts versus you know a better starter because you can lose two starts anyway? But the point being, it is going to adjust how we think about it. I like Waka now as a streamer. I'm not, I'm not drafting him, maybe Elo only. But to me, he, he he is in that streaming range. But you got to calm you know calm yourself from last year's production with the Red Sox. Doesn't miss enough bats to maintain that level of of uh, of surface stats. Although the, the park will help, the park change will help. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because we talked earlier in the show about the Angels going away from the six man rotation back to the more traditional five man. But I feel like it's not really been talked about a lot that the Padres are are going to six and maybe Seth Lugo as the six. They also signed what? They signed Cole Hamels, didn't they? Yeah, the other the minor one to look at. Deal? Yeah, exactly. They just recently signed him after after an audition. Mm-hmm. The guy to look at or keep in mind is Wilmer Font. Well, mm-hmm. came over from I, I I don't remember if it was from Korea or Japan, but he came from overseas where he pitched pretty well. So, assuming Nick Martinez stays in the rotation. Wilmer Font is somebody. Um, all right, they have a Julio Teheran. Who knows? Uh, Brent Honeywell. Who? I, thought, but I haven't heard that name in a while. Julio yeah. Teheran. Well, you haven't. You know, with Lisk with Lisk gone, we haven't had to talk about Teheran for a while. But uh, so the point. I think the bigger point being, there's a lot of names here to to take up that fifth and sixth spot. Ryan Weathers, although he may just be down in the bullpen. Um, so they they definitely have the inventory to go down that you know five starter six man swing man 
roll. I don't think I, if there's a if there's an off day, I don't see going seven days and you know before Musgrove and and, and Darvis pitch. I think you you bench your sixth starter at that point. But um, you know, Jay Groom even from the from the Red Sox, I think towards the end of the yeah. season could get a look in the rotation. So um, just kind of seems a little strange to me that they would be so adamant about six without yeah six guys. I mean, Waka Martinez Lugo. I mean, to be yeah. so adamant about going six seems unless it's to protect. Unless it's just to protect. I mean, do you say, well, we're going to be in the playoffs and we want Darvish and Musgrove to be fresh. Excuse me. I don't think you can, I don't think you can say that, you know, you, you, you mm-hmm. cannot, you cannot go into the, uh, into the season with that mindset, even though that's probably the case. Well, real quick, uh, one last word, if you'll bear with me, then we'll we'll wrap things up on today's show with more fantasy baseball talk. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper, redraft and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it super easy. That's what I always hear from people is, you know, they're sick of their old commission service and they're making the jump and the transition is super easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. They're always there, you know, just an email away if you if you have something that you need changed for your league. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool as well, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other service waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more. And it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from my guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Love me some Vladdy. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. We, of course, appreciate their sponsorship of the program along with underdogs. And Todd, um, just a few more things I wanted to run by you. At this point in the season, we're hearing a lot of best shape of your life stories. Of course, some noise that you, you know, over at Rotowire with our news portion, we do a great job. The crew, uh, everybody does a great job of kind of, you know, making sense of all this. But, you know, it's still kind of hard to, when you, it's kind of hard to to know what to filter out, what to put stock into, what not to. I'm kind of wanting to gauge your thoughts on this note. Julio Rodriguez could run more this season. We know there are bigger bases. Scott Service was the uh, the person who said that Rodriguez could run even more. Is this noise or is this something that uh, you actually think could be meaningful, this note on Julio Rodriguez? I, well, I, I, it's something I assumed. It's something I anticipated, to be honest with you. I don't think he's a top five overall pick if he's not going to run. Uh, so run more, the, run, run more. Yeah. The um, so yeah, I, I injuries over the second half, just some, just some stuff. He he could lead the league. I, I think uh, you know. Spoiler alert: uh, When I talk with Eric Haltman tomorrow on uh, SiriusXM MLB Network Radio. I'm going to predict that that not predict. I'm going to say Jake McCarthy could lead the league in L in steals. Rodriguez could lead the AL, and I don't know that I don't think I projected him to, but I to me it was more of a oh cool, 
I kind of assumed Rodriguez would run more when service says so. I, I you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking a victory lap, if you will, but um, but it checks out with your expectations. I had him for 24. So, you know, maybe, maybe I raised him at 28 now. I don't know. But, you know, so I think, I think it's a good sign. And he's young. It's still part of his game. I don't think you slow a Rodriguez down later in his career. I do not think you harness a player of that caliber at his age 23 or four season. When you get to 26 or seven, and maybe you're a little thicker just because that's what happens. Maybe then you slow them down, but not now. Well, we've talked in recent weeks, shifting gears just a little bit, about Masataki Yoshida being a big riser. We mentioned earlier in the show that he's going to be betting leadoff for uh, Boston. Another guy who's been steadily rising and could rise to kind of unprecedented heights for a 19-year-old uh, come late drafts, Andrew Painter. He's going to turn 20 on April 10th. So a 19-year-old with only a 28 in the third innings above high A under his belt. Uh, not a lot of upper-level minor league experience, but he's added a cutter to his pitch mix. So that was a note we had yesterday and one of the top prospects in the league. I just on Twitter try to keep my ear to the ground, and it just seems like everybody's pumping up Andrew Painter. And – I get it. He's he's a good prospect, but do you actually expect Andrew Painter at 19 years old to be on that opening day roster? Um, for the Phillies, I, I mean, if he is, I don't know that I'd like. I don't know that I want him to be. Hmm. Because I'd rather hear that we're going to start him out on the minors, and you know he hasn't had any AAA experience. You know, monitor to temper his innings at AAA. And then bring him up, and then you know for the rest of the season or whatever. It just he had seventy eight innings as a twenty as a nineteen year old over three levels. What can you realistically expect? And forget Verducci effect, all that stuff. But what can you realistically expect for a twenty year old guy to throw at you know the major league level when you threw seventy eight the previous season? And you know how you, how do you monitor that from opening day? Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my bigger concern, if you will. Then how how does that get managed? Um, yeah, because they're gonna either way. Even if they kind of you know not fully turn them loose, but even if they're kind of generous with their workload for them, I mean, we're talking what 120 innings max, maybe. Yeah, and, and you know if you, you, know, you want Philly's gonna knock on wood, make no, knock on wood. I'm not a Philly fan, but you know, if to make another playoff run, that's their, that's their uh, desire. And the, the, the oddity about it is they've got five pretty strong starters relative, you know, I'm not that Bailey falter is a great pitcher, but he's not a bad fourth, a uh, fifth. And Ranger Suarez is a pretty good fourth. You know what I mean? Relative to their rotation spot. They got some good player, good pitchers. So I think that that's, it, it's, it's a little bit odd. Um, you know, you know, you're not going to go to six man and knock down Noller and Wheeler's starts. Mm-hmm. You know, they could get 33. That's how goofy they are. So you know, but we will will Walker get hurt? Will will Falter you know come through in in that fifth spot? They don't have a lot of depth at the uh, the, the Phillies anyway. So I don't know. I um I'm not making that. I'm not taking that plunge as far as uh, 
the hype, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, as a fan, you know, I'm going to watch him pitch for sure, but I don't know. I just, I don't think in uh isn't, isn't Mick Abel another top prospect? No, he's not ready, but another top pitching prospect for them. I had it in my head that he wasn't like a top prospect, but maybe you're right. Oh, yeah, James has him right behind Painter in the organizational ranks. So. Yeah, so he didn't pitch quite as much last year. And, well, yeah, he did. Um, at the uh, at the low A level, he did have 85 innings. Not nearly the prospect, but I mean that speaks a little bit towards the Phillies' farm system at this point. Made some moves to you know, strengthen the team as good as it is. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you know Joe, you know Joe Joe Cheesesteak take uh, Painter over where I'm gonna take him. I like that Joe Cheesesteak. That's great. That should be a wrestling name, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Robert. I was kind of interested, just given you know how talented he is, but I think even already he's probably cost prohibitive, like. Even right now, he's getting to the point where, okay, yeah. I have to spend a top 200 pick on him? No, I don't want to do that. So, and then, and then assuming the price just continues up from here, it's it's going to be prohibitive for me, I think, on Andrew Painter. Yeah, for sure. At least this year. We'll see uh, if he's able to, you know, if he has a great year, I'd love to get back, get in next year. But I think this year is a wait and see type of year for me on Andrew Painter. Uh, Mitch White, by the way, we learned the other day that he is recovering from uh, a right shoulder impingement. Says he's currently healthy. Can't believe he's dating Margot Roby. I can't. I don't know if that's actually true or not. But. No, that was part of the joke. There was, there okay. was, yeah, she's married or or she's dating. Okay. You know, because I, I I only I'm only saying this because um, one of my better tweets out there as I tweeted since like, you know, little personal news. I am not dating Margot Roby. It was, it was, it was just, she was, it was just became a meme. Yeah. I, I know that it kind of became a meme after, but I thought, yeah, and I was confused. And, and to tell you my pop culture, it stuff, I had a, I had a Google to find out who she was. And it's just, I, I'm not, I don't watch movies and I, I was not familiar. Um, so I really liked uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, okay. I was good to know that I was just a meme and that I'm not going crazy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, if he was, more power to him, you yeah, know. Might have to bump him up my rankings. <laughs> but no, I, the reason I mentioned him is because the other guy in that mix for the number five spot is Yusei Kikuchi. Oh, I hate to even ask, but are you, you're in AL labor in a few weeks. Are you going to? consider Kikuchi for a buck or two? Was it on Twitter or did we have a note that he's making some some um, adjustments to his Yeah, and he's grown out a beard. He's got... Oh, I didn't know about that. Going the Hollywood I mean, Hogan heel route. Encouraging... Do, do we have do we have uh, Rob Silver writing our notes now? Um, no. Nope. En- encouraging adjustments to his delivery. <laughs> Was he throwing strikes? Is that the deal? I don't know. That would be a step forward. Now, to answer your question about labor, this is very, you know, context specific. No, because as you know, it's 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 mostly old school, and you can't bench Kikuchi, you know, for a rough start. Oh no, he's got the Yankees and Red Sox this week. I'm going to reserve him. You can't do that in labor. He's you can release him, but you cannot reserve him. So to me, he's too risky. For that format, 
Well put. And then finally, the last thing I had here was uh, Fernando Tatis says that surgically repaired left shoulder feels 100%. I quote, it's just locked in. I feel like it's not going to come out anymore, and it feels really secure. It just feels right. So I'd expect to, hey, even though we haven't seen him in a long time on, on a major league field, I expect him to creep up into that that turn at, in a 15-team league. Do you think that's about right? Well, he's still going to miss 19 games. Yeah, So, but still. Uh, you know, my latest Z files talks about how to make that adjustment. Um, it can feel a hundred percent, but it's still surgically repaired. It the, the the strength may not be there. We don't know. I don't. I'm not saying it's not, but I think we. It's not an automatic that he's returning to form. We whether the strength can get build up or, or etc. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it's the same point that it was pre-injury. Yeah, really well put because yeah, coming back and playing baseball at the level that's required for, you know, major league baseball, it's just a whole different beast. This is a question that, you know, Stefania Bell, Eric Stotts, you know, what I'm saying air quote makes sense, but you know, I I didn't even say it a whole holiday in the medical people will know the answer to what I just kind of questioned. So I'm, I'm sure we'll hear the answer before, you know, now that this is out, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hear the answer before too long. And then I'm just seeing this now, actually. Kendall Graveman open to any bullpen role. So he's just at least leaving it open for maybe somebody else to uh, to grab some saves there on the south side. Well, I mean, it was Graveman himself that said that. He was probably asked. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, wouldn't you – I mean, it's speak. Wouldn't you prefer to hear – I'd love to close. I think I can do the job, but if Skip wants me to, you know, set up, I'm, I'm, I'll do it for the team. I'd rather mm-hmm. hear that, but I'm not, you know, to me, he's still the leader in the clubhouse for saves. But the big question mark is when will Hendricks, if Hendricks will come back? So yeah, still no timetable for Hendricks. right, and they're and they, re, they reiterated that there won't be, and it's not because they're being you know covert. They just won't know. They have to test that things have to play out, and it just happens to be around opening day when the next set of results will be available. Um, who else? You know, in, in, we've got Ronaldo Lopez. We've got yeah, Ronaldo Lopez is the name I've been hearing a little bit about. Yeah, I mean Aaron Bummer is always mentioned, but. It's. I think he's more of the you know uh, my, the closer has pitched two days in a row. We need a third, you know, so we'll bump bummer up. Yeah, it's Lopez to me anyway. It's not. It's not going to be Joe Kelly, right? It's going to be Lopez that it would be the one that would potentially challenge Graveman. But I, I will, I will, I am taking Graveman in a lot. Again, I'm not doing that many leagues. I, I've taken Graveman a couple of times. In, you know, hoping he's a regular closer for whatever it is half the season, and I'll figure out who's going to be my guy the second half of the season. We'll see. Yeah, I just yeah, Ronaldo Lopez. This transition to the bullpen uh, was probably well overdue, but yeah, he had quite a bit of success last year. Yep, two seven six ERA, oh nine five WHIP. Yeah, I mean he averaged less than a strikeout per inning, but yeah. pretty darn good numbers. That transition. So I've given him a new lease on life at the, at the big league level. Anything else on your mind today, Todd? I alluded to it a couple times. Uh, you know, full disclosure, 
as you folks know, Underdog is a sponsor. But I, uh, I talked an entire hour of Underdog with uh, with uh, at baseball B three I S B O L Chris, and that was a fun podcast. Looking forward. Are you doing anything for Justin Mason's Potapalooza? You know, I need to reach out to Justin. I don't think so, but um, just got a lot going on. But yes. I know that's for a good cause. Yeah, so it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Check that out. And um, looking forward to, uh, you know, starting to do some of the uh, expert, you know, I am going to go with that word. Tout Wars, Tout Wars Draft and Hold starts next Tuesday. Uh, check out Twitter. The, the lineup's been posted. I think the labor draft is next, the 21st. They'll mix labor online. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the, sec- the next Tout Wars draft is going to be online on February 28th. So it's, se- it's the season, folks. Uh, you know, I, so they're, they're fun. And I'm m- much looking forward to that. I don't know about you, but I'm at that point now where, you know, we, we're doing our jobs. We're doing the news. We're doing this. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the in-season routine. Yeah, the grind is long, but uh, there's something beautiful about it too. Um, I look forward to it. And yeah, I look forward to doing TGFBI and yes, yeah, you know, Tout Wars, and it should be a fun next few months as we gear up for the start of the baseball season. Hope you will stick with us here. We have these audio issues seemingly ironed out, so hope you'll catch us next Friday, Todd and I, and uh, five days a week here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are span- sponsored by Fantrax and Underdog Fantasy. We appreciate them. We appreciate you for all taking time to listen to us. Clay Link, Todd Zola, back next Friday on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.